Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. I just lost computer connection, but I haven't lost my telephone connection. So, with that little, we'll start it anyway. It came back on. Recorded live. Of the Hebrew into Greek 
done in Egypt, supposedly Alexandria, Egypt, by 70 supposed Judean scholars, okay? I say supposed because there is questions about its authenticity, whether you knew that or not. If you didn't know that or not, you haven't studied much, okay? Like the so-called Sinaiticus manuscript is questionable as well, very questionable. Amen, Brother Dave? Brother Dave, are you there? Yes, I am, and yes, you are right. <laughs> Amen, brother. Anyway, uh, we were ta- talking about last night the things that in the last days that are going to present themselves back upon the earth as it was in the days of Noah. And I never had to go to the Greek or the Hebrew to understand what I understand about Isaiah 13, 14, 26, and Ezekiel 32. It just comes by reading it and watching, looking at the context and knowing the English and knowing what's going on and understanding the Bible from Genesis to Revelation instead of just understanding that Jacob had 12 sons and they scattered out in there and it's all white people and the Jews the enemy. Okay? It's called knowing the whole word of God. I know that part too. But I also know the rest of the word too. Praise God. All glory to Jesus Christ for giving me the little bit peanut of a memory that I have. And I've spent time in it. And I suggest thou go and do likewise for your own spiritual benefit. But anyway, before we get started, Brother Dave, open us in a word of prayer if you don't mind. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks for this evening. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for the scriptures. And, Lord, tonight as we compare the King James with the Septuagint, I pray that the Holy Spirit speak the true word of God tonight forth from the King James. And, Lord, show us the inerrant errors in the Septuagint and compare them, Lord, as to accuracy and in meaning. And we pray tonight, Lord, that biases wouldn't rule the day, yes, Father. but the glorification of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit would be the thing that guides us, the Word of God. The Holy Spirit always uses the Word of God, and so tonight we give thanks for that. And Lord, I pray that any brother or sister who is deceived in any way, that and we all have errors, that we would come out of them tonight wherever possible. And I pray these things in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen and amen. Folks, a lot of people get, uh, theologians, and especially some of our persuasion, get all uh, they get all pragmatic and uh, materialistic when they read Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21 and 17. Okay, they'll say like when the Lord says, as it was in the days of Noah, or as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, they'll try to, when the Lord says they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, folks, they've been eating and drinking and giving in marriage ever since the beginning of Korea, ever since Adam and Eve and everything else was formed. So there must be something different and special about the time of Noah. Okay, in the antediluvian period, we know from Genesis 6 that there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that. 
okay? That's in the, whatever you want to read, it's there, okay? Septuagint or the English, all right? So, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Bad time coming. Jacob's trouble, worse than any time since creation or ever shall be. And we expound on that all the time, especially in the series, the 20-something part series we've done on the timeline of deception, in which, in which we're going to extend to another episode of that probably in the very near future. I'm working on that generally a little bit every day, so we'll be extending that. The timeline of deception. I forget how many is it, Brother Day, Brother Chad? Twenty-six episodes, or more than that? Something like that, isn't it? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight episodes. We'll extend that as well as things progress and we grow closer and closer to the blessed appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, having said all that, this is one. This is one place where those Septuagint folks wished the Septuagint wasn't there. Let's just put it that way. You're fixing to see that. Brother Chad, if you would, start reading in Isaiah chapter 13, please. The context is the day of the Lord. Okay. Isaiah 13 from the Septuagint, the vision which Isaiah, son of Amos, saw against Babylon. Lift up a standard on the mountain of the plain. Exult the voice to them, beckon with the hands, open the gates, ye rulers. I give command, and I bring them. Giants are coming to fulfill uh, my uh, wrath. Uh, <clears throat> Did I hear you right, brother? Will you please repeat that? Uh, this is a, well, this is in English, but I presume this is an accurate translation to the, from the Greek, but it says, giants are coming to fulfill my wrath. Rejoicing at the same time and insulting. Yeah. Mean old giants. Yeah, it's Gaborum, brother. It's the same. What I was. It, it was exactly what we were explaining right in the, last night, right, brother Dave? Yes. Continue on, brother. Verse four: A voice of many nations on the mountains, even like to that of many nations, a voice of kings and nations gathered together, the Lord of hosts has given commands to a warlike nation to come from a land afar off, from the utmost foundation of heaven. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like Sounds I was very... talking about last night with the firmament, where the firmament meets the earth, there's some opening there. Go ahead, brother. Utmost, yeah, that's that mouth that we found out about. That's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Continue on. Uh, continues on and says, the Lord and his warriors are coming to destroy all the world. See, the Lord is in control of everything. Amen. He uses Satan to glorify himself. He uses this underground civilization to wage war on those that are upon the earth. You can't even find that. It doesn't matter if you're in the Masoretic text or the wonderful, great, and glorious people have they all their Septuagint, even in your Septuagint. Same thing. It's in the Greek, folks, just like it's in the Hebrew and just like it's in the English. Go ahead, brother. Yes. Howl ye, for the day of the Lord is near, and destruction from God shall arrive. 
Therefore, every hand shall become powerless, and every soul of man shall be dismayed. The elders shall be troubled, and pangs shall seize them, as of a woman in travail. And they shall mourn one to another, and shall be amazed, and shall change their countenance as a flame. For behold, the day of the Lord is coming, which cannot be escaped, a day of wrath and anger, to make the world desolate, and to destroy sinners out of it. For the stars of heaven, and Orion, and all the hosts of heaven, shall not give their light. For it shall be dark at sunrise, and the moon shall not give her light. And I will command evils for the whole world, and will visit their sins on the ungodly. And I will destroy the pride of transgressors, and will bring low the pride of the haughty. And by the way, before you go any further, in case you want to run to the book of Enoch, Check out chapter 16, verse 1 in the book of Enoch, in the first book of Enoch, chapter 16, verse 1. You'll get the same thing. Go ahead, brother. And they that are left shall be more precious than gold tried in the fire, and a man shall be more precious than the stone that is in sapphire. For the heaven shall be enraged, and the earth shall be shaken from her foundation because of the fierce anger of the Lord of hosts in the day in which his wrath shall come on. And they that are left shall be as a fleeing fawn and as a stray sheep, and there shall be none to gather them, so that a man shall turn back to his people and a man shall flee to his own land. For whosoever shall be taken shall be overcome, and they that are gathered together shall fall by the sword. And they shall dash their children before their eyes, and they shall spoil their houses and shall take their wives. Behold, I will stir up against you the Medes, who do not regard silver, neither have they need of gold. They shall break the, the, they shall break the bows of the young men, and they shall have no mercy on your children, nor shall, they, now, nor shall their eyes spare thy children. And Babylon, which is called glorious by the king of the Chaldeans, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall any enter into it for many generations, neither shall the Arabians pass through it, nor shall shepherds at all rest in it. But wild beasts shall rest there, and the houses shall be filled with howling, and monsters shall rest there. Uh, Excuse me? Monsters shall Uh, rest there. That's what I thought. Continue on. And devils shall dance there. So you want the Septuagint over the Masoretic, huh? Is that what you want? You Septuagints? You anti-King James folks? Huh? Yeah, you they just want to You just want to pick and choose what you like, don't you? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Go ahead, brother. Doleful creatures and owls, all of a sudden, we've got monsters and devils. <laughs> And satyrs, the satyrs are still there. Yep. And satyrs shall dwell there. And hedgehogs, ooh, shall make their nests in their houses. It will come soon and will not tarry. That's the end of your chapter there in the Septuagint. Uh, oh, by the Isaiah. way, by the way, just in case somebody wants to to rush and check out Brother Don on something else, an undoctored video came out about two years ago verified by Dr. 
Bruce McAbee, who is a photographic expert, that it was not doctored, and the Russians supposedly, and Russians it had a there was a picture came out. You won't you probably won't find it anymore, but they dug up the skeleton of a satyr in Russia, along mm. with a giant that was fourteen foot tall. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that in there. Just hearsay, YouTube crap, I guess. No, I checked it out. It was real. It was real. Continue on with chapter 14. In case the, all you ones that hate the word Lucifer think it shouldn't be in the, in the since it's in the Masoretic text, let's see if it happens to be in your wonderful Septuagint. Go ahead, brother. Oh, wow. I'm excited about this. Isaiah 14, and the Lord will have mercy on Jacob. And will yet choose Israel, and they shall rest on their land, and a stranger shall be added to them. Yea, shall shall be added to the house of Jacob. Ooh, there's the strangers coming into the house of Jacob there. That's right. Go ahead. Yeah, I got that and stranger. And there's servants and slaves. Go ahead. And the Gentiles shall take them and bring them into their place, and they shall inherit them. And they shall be multiplied upon the land for servants and handmaidens. <laughs> And they that took them captives shall become captives to them. And they that had lordship over them shall be under their rule. And it shall, that doesn't look good for you guys down there, brother. (laughs) And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and vexation and from thy hard servitude wherein thou didst serve them. And thou shalt take up this lamentation against the king of Babylon how has the extortioner ceased and the taskmaster ceased? Oh, by Lord. the way, he's not talking about Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, folks. He's not talking about when Cyrus took over Babylon. He's not talking about any of the pre-Darius or any of the ones that took over Babylon. This is a future Babylon. Babylon was never turned upside down and destroyed, so to speak. There's no, there is no Saddam Hussein's done tried to put some of it back together or did back in the 80s and 90s. This can't apply to a past time. This has to be future. Okay? This Babylon is future. This is the Babylon of the revelation of Jesus Christ called Mystery Babylon the Great, that great city. Okay? The mother of harlots. Go ahead, brother. The Lord has broken the yoke of sinners the yoke of princes, having smitten a nation in wrath with all incurable plague, smiting a nation with a wrathful plague, which, which spared them not, he rested in quiet. All the earth cries aloud with joy. The trees also of Libanus, uh, Libanus rejoice against thee, and the cedar of Libanus saying, from the time that thou hast been laid low, no one has come up to cut us down. Hell from beneath is provoked to meet thee. All the great ones that have ruled over the earth have risen up together against thee. Oh, they're one that's underneath the earth and they're rising up to meet someone. We'll see who that is. They have, they that have raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. All shall answer and say to thee, Thou also hast been taken, even as we. 
and thou art numbered among us. Thy glory has come down to Hades, and thy great mirth. Under thee they shall spread corruption, and the worm shall be thy covering. How has Lucifer... Oh, ho, ho, ho! Thought it didn't belong in the Bible. It's in your Septuagint. I thought them King James translators was crazy. Well, them Judean translators in, over there in Egypt must have been crazy, too. You can't pick and choose, folks. You can't pick and choose. You either take it all or you don't take none of it. If you've got an absolute authority to go by, of course, you can do whatever you want to do. That's generally what folks do today anyway. Go ahead, brother. Mm-hmm. Does it say Lucifer or not? That's a capital L-U-C-I-F-E-R. <laughs> yes, it is. Go ahead. How has Lucifer that rose in the morning fallen from heaven, it says? He that sent orders to all the nations is crushed to the earth. But thou saidst in thine heart, I will go up to heaven. I will set my throne above the stars of heaven. I will sit on a lofty mount, on the lofty mountains toward the north. I will go up above the clouds. I will be like the most high. But now thou shalt go down to hell, even to the foundations of the earth. Folks, I want to bring something to your attention that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. (laughs) It's got to do with the five I wills. Amen. You will hear theologians puke out all day long that five is the number of grace. Folks, (laughs) five has only been associated with grace one time, and that was the five wounds that Christ bore on the cross, and it still has to do with death. In Genesis 5, chapter 5, the first man dies. Five is the number of death. It is not the number of grace. The only time it is even close to that is the five bleeding wounds of Christ on the cross. Go ahead, brother. Just thought I'd even, that Even that, there. brother, is ridiculous because we know grace is getting what you don't deserve. That's right. Well, I guess in the case of Jesus, he did get what he didn't deserve. But That's right. Anyways. It so. Only about one time, only one time. Does it even come close to being associated with grace? And you'll hear theologian after theologian after theologian try to tell you that five is the number of grace. It's never been further from the truth. Five is the number of death. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, they're on the wrong I-5 highway there for sure. I agree 100%. But thou says the nine, okay, I will go up above the clouds, but now thou shalt go down to hell, even to the foundations of the earth. They that see thee shall wonder at thee and say, this is the man that that troubled the earth. This is the what? The man. Lucifer, the man. Go ahead. Yes, this is the man that troubled the earth, that made kings to shake, that made the whole world desolate and destroyed its cities. He loosed not those who were in captivity. All the kings of the nations lie in honor, every man in his house. But thou shalt be cast forth on the mountains as a loathed carcass with many dead who have been pierced with swords going down to the grave, as a garment defiled with blood shall not be pure, so neither shalt thou be pure, because thou hast destroyed my land and hast slain my people. Thou shalt not endure forever, thou an evil seed. Prepare thy children to be slain for the sins of their father. 
that they arise not and inherit the earth, nor fill the earth with wars. And I will rise up against them, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will destroy their name and remnant and seed. Thus saith the Lord, and I will make the region of Babylon desert, so that hedgehogs shall dwell there, and it shall come to nothing. And I will make it a pit of clay for destruction. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, as I have said, so it shall be. And as I have proposed, so the matter shall remain, even to destroy the Assyrians upon my land and upon my mountains. And they shall be for trampling. And their yoke shall be taken away from them, and their glory shall be taken away from their shoulders. This is the purpose which the Lord hath proposed. Have, have purpose upon the whole earth, and this is the hand that is uplifted against the nations. For what the Holy Ghost has purposed, who shall frustrate? And who shall turn back his uplifted hand? In the year in which the king Achaz died, this word came. Rejoice not, all ye Philistines, because the yoke of him that smote you is broken. For out of the seed of the serpent shall come forth the young ass. The what? The seed things. of the serpent? Yeah, there's a, the, from yeah, the seed seen, of the you, serpent. Yeah, and you've seen the word seed, the sperma, used twice in this chapter. You catch that, Brother Dave? Yes. Continue, yeah. Brother Chad. For out of the seed of the serpent shall come forth the young asps, and their young shall come forth flying serpents. And the poor shall be fed by him, and poor men shall rest in peace. But he shall destroy thy seed with hunger, and shall destroy thy remnant. Howl, ye gates of cities, let the cities be troubled and cry, even all the Philistines. For smoke is coming from the north, and there is no possibility of living. And what shall the kings of the nations answer? that the Lord has founded Zion, and by him the poor of the people shall be saved. End of chapter. Yep. Folks, let me tell you something about this north. People think of it, this geographical north, as being some country, you know, like Russia or something like that. Well, I'm telling you, and according to the revelation of Jesus Christ, that bunch that comes out, this Gog-Magog business that's mentioned in Isaiah 38 and 39 and also in Revelation chapter 20, they come upon the earth. They come upon the plane of the earth. We've done went to it. We're not going to it tonight. We've already went to the Greek and showed you that it's not talking about no ball. It's talking about a level plane of the earth, and they come up on it out from under the ground. That's what it's referring to. And this north is where where heaven meets the earth. Every time in the scriptures where you see the heavens shaken, you'll see the earth is moved. It says in the Bible, the earth moveth not, but when the Lord shakes the heaven, it affects the earth. Do you know why? Because the firmament's attached to the earth somewhere. Somewhere. Don't know where, but it's in the the far reaches of the north somewhere, according to the direction of the scriptures. God's throne is in the north. That's what the book tells us. He dwells in the sides of the north. 
that's not a ge- that's not geographical nation that you know. Where is it at then, Brother Don? I don't have a clue except I know it's north. That's all I know. I know I hadn't been there and you hadn't been there, and I don't think um nobody understanding my voice has been there. Say, can you get there? Yeah, with the Lord's help. It says he dwells in the sides of the north, doesn't it, Brother David? Yes, it does. So, we've established that even in the Greek, translation of the Hebrew, there's giants. And they come up out of the earth. And that there's monsters there, just like we told you last night. And there's all kind of weird stuff going to be happening in those as it was in the days of Noah, just as it was in the antediluvian period when monsters, quote-unquote, walked with men, when angelic beings that were part human and part eternal walked with men, when real angels that put off their orchiterion, Brother Holler, that word in the Greek that you were writing me about is called an orchiterion. Don't ask me what it is. All I can tell you is that's what the angels had to put off in Jude. It tells you they put it off so they could have kids, and it's what we put on when we die. It's a tabernacle of God that's put over our soul that we, we're clothed with that, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. That's, that only occurs twice in the Bible, and to explain it, I've explained it as much as I can explain it, because I, that it only occurs twice. It's a, some kind of clothing, something that they, the angels put off to come down and have kids. We put it on when we die. as It's, it's given from God to put on us to cover our soul when we go to be with the Lord. Uh, real quick, Brother Dave, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and read the first four verses. Okay. If you don't mind. Have you guys ever gone and looked at this uh, this word for north in the Chaldean lexicon? Mm-mm. No. Pretty interesting. Well, while Brother Dave's going to 2 Corinthians 5, tell us what it says. It says the north, the north quarter properly hidden, obscure, inasmuch as the ancients regarded the north as obscure and dark. <laughs> the south, on the contrary, as clear and lighted by the sun. The north land. So it's it's a quarter. It's a darkened quarter. Something. It, 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 there's something to that. I don't understand it all. Don't, uh, yeah. We will one day, but we don't now. Brother Dave. Because you're right. Go ahead and read, brother. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. So be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. 
Amen. That's now good he, Go ahead. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. So there's your answer to that question, Brother Holler, that you wrote me about. And I briefly gave you the answer. Okay, Brother Dave, if you would, I want you to read Ezekiel 32. And let's see if the if the Greek Septuagint gives us any clear light on them apartment complexes and who these people encounter down there with those folks with their weapons. Go ahead. Okay. Um, first, let me say that the Septuagint version that I posted in the chat that Chad was reading from no longer works for me now. <laughs> After I posted it, I can't get it to work. So I had to go online and find another online version yeah. of the Septuagint. It may not be the exact same English translation, though I don't know. I'm pretty sure. So I'll just read it. Okay. Uh, you know what? I don't. That chapter for me isn't working. Ezekiel, I don't. Yeah. You're right. Okay, it wasn't working for me either. Yeah, there's nothing so there. Something. Yeah, something. Anyway, I'll read this version that's here. It's in English, and it's the Septuagint, chapter 32, Ezekiel. Does it tell you who the author is? Uh, I can go out of this and look to the page. No, that's okay. Just read it, brother. English translate. It says English translation of the Greek Septuagint Bible, the translation of the Greek Old Testament scriptures, including the Apocrypha, Compiled from the translation by Sir Lancelot C. L. Brenton, 1851. That's it. That's it. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, verse 1, chapter 32 of Ezekiel. And it came to pass in the twelfth year, in the tenth month, on the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say to him, Thou art become like a lion of the nations, and as a serpent that is in the sea. And thou didst make assaults with thy rivers, and didst disturb the water with thy feet, and didst trample thy rivers. Thus saith the Lord, I will also cast over thee the nets of many nations, and will bring thee up with my hook, and I will stretch thee upon the earth. The fields shall be covered with thee, and I will cause all the birds of the sky to settle upon thee, and I will fill with thee all the wild beasts of the earth, and I will cast thy flesh upon the mountains, and will saturate them with thy blood, and the land shall be drenched with thy dung because of thy multitude upon the mountains. I will fill the valleys with thee, and I will veil the heavens when thou art extinguished, and will darken the stars thereof. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. Sound familiar? Yes. Just what we read in Isaiah. That's right. Go ahead. All the bodies that give light in the sky shall be darkened over thee, and I will bring darkness upon the earth, saith the Lord God. And I will provoke to anger the heart of many people, when I shall lead thee captive among the nations to a land which thou hast not known. 
And many nations shall mourn over thee, and their kings shall be utterly amazed when my sword flies in their faces as they wait for their own fall from the day of thy fall. For thus saith the Lord God, excuse me, the sword of the king of Babylon shall come upon thee with the swords of mighty men, and I will cast down thy strength. They are all destroying ones from the nations, and they shall destroy the pride of Egypt, and all her strength shall be crushed, and I will destroy all her cattle from beside the great water, and the foot of man shall not trouble it any more, and the step of cattle shall no more trample it. Thus shall their waters then be at rest, and their rivers shall flow like oil, saith the Lord, when I shall give up Egypt to destruction, and the land shall be made desolate with the fullness thereof. Just a second, brother. Let, let me give you all a, a little something to put in your notes. You can go to Jeremiah chapter 25 and watch the Lord walk through every nation, it just one right after the other that he lists. And the last one he gets to to destroy is called Shishak. Just thought of, just throw, just put that in your notes and spend some time and read Jeremiah 25. Go ahead, brother. When I shall scatter all that dwell in it, and they shall know that I am the Lord, there is a lamentation, and thou shalt utter it. And the daughters of the nations shall utter it, even for Egypt. And they shall mourn for it over all the strength thereof, saith the Lord God. And it came to pass in the twelfth year, in the first month, on the fifteenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, lament over the strength of Egypt, for the nations shall bring down her daughter's dead to the depth of the earth. Where? To them that go Where? Where to? The depth of the earth. Thank you. Continue. Down to the depth of the earth. Thank you. To them that go down to the pit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go they ahead. shall fall with him in the midst of them that are slain with the sword. And all his strength shall perish. The giant the what? <clears throat> Excuse me. The what? The giant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. there they are again. There they are again. Those Rephaim. I guess that's right. Go ahead. The giants also shall say to thee, Be thou in the depths of the pit. What do you mean? Whom are thou? I thought they were dead. I thought they couldn't talk. That dead folks don't talk, do they? <laughs> right, folks. But listen, I didn't write it. This ain't the King James. This is the Septuagint. All you haters of the Masoretic text, this is your baby. This is your ace boon coon, you King James haters, all right? <laughs> what you going to do with it? I know what you'll do with it. You'll allegorize it and try to make it say something it don't say. Go ahead, brother. Be thou in the depths of the pit. To whom art thou superior? Yea, go down and lie with the uncircumcised in the midst of them that are slain with the sword. 
there are Asher and all his company. All his slain have been laid there, and their burial is in the depth of the pit. And his company are set around about his tomb. All the slain that fell by the sword, who had caused the fear of them to be upon the land of the living. Okay, now I want you to stop right there. Let me remind you of Isaiah 24, about middle ways, where the pit opens up, and some people go down, and some people come out. Am I right, Brother David and Brother Chad? Yes. Oh, yeah. Don't forget that, because that's the day of the Lord as well. Continue. Verse 24. There's Elam and all his hosts round about his tomb. All the slain that fell by the sword and the uncircumcised that go down to the deep of the earth. Deep down there. Yes. Because they're... Yeah. Apartment complex down there, brother. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Who caused their fear to be upon the land of the living, and they had received their punishment with them that go down to the pit in the midst of the slain. There were laid Mosach and Tobal and all... Well, that would be in... Meshach and Tobal. Meshach and Tobal. That's right. Mosach and Tobal and all his strength round about his tomb. All his slain men, all the uncircumcised, slain with the sword, who caused their fear to be in the land of the living. And they are laid with the giants that <laughs> fell of old, who went down to Hades with their weapons of war, and they laid their swords under their heads, but their iniquities were upon their bones. Because they terrified all men during their life. And thou shalt lie in the midst of the uncircumcised with them that have been slain by the sword. There are laid the princes of Asher who yielded their strength to a wound of the sword. These are all laid with the slain, with them that go down to the pit. There are the princes of the north, even all the captains of Asher who go down slain to Hades. They lie uncircumcised among the slain with the sword together with their terror and their strength, and they have received their punishment with them that go down to the pit. King Pharaoh shall see them and shall be comforted over all their force, saith the Lord God. For I have caused his fear to be upon the land of the living, Yet he shall lie in the midst of the uncircumcised with them that are slain with the sword, even Pharaoh, and all his multitude with him, saith the Lord God. Some, the Lord's going to turn that bunch of loose again, folks, and they're going to be the Lord's army to wreak havoc on the whole deceived world. You ever wonder where the 200 million so-called, quote-unquote, kings of the East come from? Oh, it's the Chinese. Oh, I've heard all the Bible, Bible expositors. I've heard the theologians try to fit it into temporary surroundings and everything. It just ain't so, folks. 
when the Lord turns that supernatural stuff loose, when the restrainer's taken away, and God gives a whole length of rope to the son of perdition, and that pit opens up, and Revelation 9, when them suckers come up out of that sucker, it's going to be hell, Columbia, all over again, and there's going to be so much, there's going to be fear grip this earth like never has since the world was formed or ever shall be ever again. And when the Lord gets mad, when the Creator, when the I Am, the Alpha and Omega, turns loose terror, you better know that it's terror. It's not just a boo, I scared you. It's something that makes your heart almost stop beating. You can. In the Western world, it's hard for you to comprehend that kind of stuff, isn't it? It's easy to understand why people allegorize and try to make it be a metaphorical story or something. It's easy to do that, isn't it? I mean, be honest. It's hard to wrap your mind around it. It's like I said last night. Why do you think the greatest genre of entertainment today is about vampires and monsters and science fiction and superhuman strength and the X-Men? I'm, I'm not up to date. I don't know what the latest is. So if I'm behind times, please forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful that I am behind times. I don't keep up with it every now and then. I go through it to try to try to try to stay on top of things, and I do hear from the brothers and people that do keep up with it, like Brother Trey Smith and and Brother um, what's this Gilbert and people like that, Brother Tom Horn and the ones that do keep up with it to try to keep you up to date as well. I'm sure that you probably keep yourself up to date though, if truth be known. It's going to be bad, and it could start any time. That's what I keep telling you over and over and over again. It's going to come suddenly, the Bible says. Nobody knows when a thief's going to break into their house or they get their guns ready and be waiting on them. And before we get to Matthew 26, Brother Dave, just go read uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and then we'll go right into... uh, Brother Chad, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew 26, okay? Okay. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Second Thessalonians we, 2, brother. I apologize. I'm always okay. getting the chapters mixed up. I apologize. All right. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. 
Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, shewing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that, when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let, until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked, capital W, be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. Stop. Power and signs and lying wonders. What does that encompass? Do you think that's uh, just somebody pulling a rabbit out of their hat? I don't think so. Not after everything you've heard. Not after all the scripture we've read. You're starting to get a little, you're starting to wrap your mind a little bit around it, especially after what we read in Joel 2 last night. You see, folks, that's the way you study the Bible. You find out the day of the Lord, where all it occurs, and you read the context, and you find out what's going to entail the day of the Lord and the wrath of God. And you better find those promises by Paul that says we are not appointed unto wrath, talking about the bride. You better cling on to that promise. You better cling on to the promise of the Creator that says if he didn't shorten the days, there'd be no flesh left alive. Do you understand why he said that now? See, that's the way you study the Bible. That's the way you show yourself approved unto God, a workman needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's the top. We've just we've just touched on the topic of the day of the Lord. Jeremiah has two chapters that's got all kinds of elements that add into the day of the Lord in Jeremiah. Zechariah 14.12. Go there real quick, Brother Dave. Just read Zechariah 14.12. Most people try to account this with um, with atomic blast or something like that, but it could be something a whole lot stranger. Zechariah 14.12, Brother. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. You remember that? Remember those people in the revelation of Jesus Christ that run around seeking death and shall not find it? Remember them, Brother David? Yes. That want to die and can't die? Right. 
Oh, there's more, folks. There's more to this than than's been talked about. There's more to this to be revealed in the future. If we keep, if they, go ahead. I was just going to say that you know, going back there to Second Thessalonians uh, chapter two, verse nine, all power. It says here is after the working of Satan with all power. And so, you know, a lot of times in the past, people have read books on the book of Revelation describing this, and we're seeing, you know, like helicopters and armies <laughs> and yeah. 200 million men on horseback, mm-hmm. and, you know, bloody warfare and all that. But it seems, you know, just like all not normal, natural, nothing all that great, you know, except there's a lot of evil and death and all that. Right. Well, Paul here tells us he's going to have all power. Well, what do you mean, all power? Well, I don't know exactly, but I can tell you it means he has all power in the financial world, all power in the medical world, all power in the technical world, all power of technology, all power of medicine and of experimentation. He has all the power of all these aspects, all culminating in the most evil monstrosity of concoctions of inventions. And demonic entities that come up upon the earth that the world has never even dreamt of. That's correct. Brother Brother Chad, go to Revelation chapter 9. And you folks think all these millions of cell towers across this world are there just for your telephone? Do you really think that's what they're there for? Do you think, you reckon it's possible they've got dual, dual or triple purposes? Absolutely. Do you can you possibly fathom the the patent numbers that I could give you, and maybe I will. I'll, if I should have wrote them down, the patent numbers to where they can implant thoughts in your brain. Brother Dave knows a little bit about this. Yes. Do you think that cell towers is for your convenience? Who's the god of this world? According to the Bible, Satan is. Who's the one that runs the kings of this earth, according to Psalms chapter 2? You see what I mean, Jelly Bean? You don't think outside that box, do you? You don't You don't let your mind go that far because it doesn't affect your paycheck specifically. Or whether your family's in good health, which is all important, folks. Don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to get you to broaden your scope of spiritual understanding. That's all I'm trying to do. Brother Chad, read uh, Revelation chapter 9. Okay. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit. Okay. So just stop right the pit. He opens the pit. Where did we hear about the pit? Did we hear about it in Ezekiel, Brother David? Yes. Did we hear about it in Isaiah chapter 24, Brother David? Yes, we sure did. Okay. Okay. Just keep on reading, Brother Chad. As the smoke, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Where did we read about the sun being darkened, all the darkness? We read about that in Isaiah 13 and 14. 
also in Ezekiel 32. Go ahead, Brother Chad. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. Their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. There's that bunch that can't die, and they want to die, but they can't. They blow side their head off and still don't die. I wonder what's going on. Reckon they've had some kind of genetic implant, some kind of death. Reckon they've had some kind of CRISPR technology input into their system. Reckon that they've destroyed their own soul. Reckon that they've become soulless. I want, there's, there's, there's just, your mind can go all kind of different ways. But just to bring it back into context, it says that they seek death and can't find it. That should be good enough for you to know and it's if, bad news. Go ahead. And if Satan is a mimicker of what God does, and if God gives us an architurian, a resurrected body that's um, a home or a house that we live in that's equated to what the angels took off, which is equated to the body of Jesus Christ, a body like his, a supernatural body, then wouldn't Lucifer and his kingdom have some flimsy equation that equals some kind of new body that he gives those who want the mark of the beast of 666 and follow him. Good, good spiritual application. Excellent, excellent exegesis, brother. That's exactly right. Because Satan has always been nothing but a counterfeiter. He's been nothing, but he's tried to counterfeit everything. He's tried to counterfeit the new birth. He's tried to counterfeit everything. And it ain't going to stop. It ain't stopping now. It's going to be till he's cast into the lake of fire, until he's finally defeated. And thank God we know what the end of the book says. Continue, Brother Chad. Yes, this uh, RFID chip that Sanders uh, invented, I guess, might have something to do with the uh, genetic uh, change of anyone that has it in it. And apparently the numbers in there are 666. No telling. No telling. No telling. That's uh, something I heard today, and that sounds pretty good. Well, not for, since it doesn't sound good, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, sounds like it's... uh, and that, that it connects somehow to the... Sounds uh, like it's a precursor. Yes, and it connects also to the chemical trails that anyone that takes this chip will turn literally turn into zombies with the mark of the beast within them and that uh, somehow the uh, chemical trails are to affect their behavior and their mood in some way as well. So just me, what I heard today. Yeah, let me drop a little hint on y'all. Let me, let, let me give you something to study if you if you research and if you even take the time to look into any of this stuff, see if you could. I mean, you ever thought about the rainbow? I've mentioned this before. 
You ever wonder why they're trying to to, to disseminate the purity of the atmosphere? You remember what God's everlasting promise was to Noah? Mm -hmm. What the rainbow was set in the sky? Of course it was that there never would be a flood again. But have you ever stopped to think that that rainbow, that light spectrum, the, the, the frequency that the light comes through that rainbow and the ability to be a rainbow in the sky has got a little something to do with the restrainer? And they're just doing everything they can possibly do with being being directed by fallen angels, which they are, either knowingly or unknowingly, at the highest levels, levels knowingly, underneath them probably unknowingly. Like I've told you, CEOs of the six or seven most wealthiest corporations in the world, their heads are probably fallen angels. That's my opinion. I can't prove that. Yes. But that's my opinion. But if the rain if one of the rainbow has something to do with the restrainer. Once that restrainer's gone, folks, it's Caddy barred the doors, fifty two cards on the table face up. And the Lord Lee Lord turns loose of the rope and gives Satan his heyday. He gives as the old Southerner saying goes, he gives the devil his due. Sounds like fairy tales, don't it? In our Western TV side, TV oriented, movie oriented, Western pragmatic, materialistic world. Continue on, Brother Chad. Yeah, it's interesting. Hollywood's, uh, the catchphrase now in Hollywood is, time's up. <laughs> yeah. I- interesting, huh? Yes, very interesting. Just recently. Hadn't that. heard that one. That's brand new. That's hot off the press. It's Hollywood's new slogan is, time's up. So <laughs> chew on that one for a bit. Uh, verse yeah, 7. absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, something to think about because they're, you know, there's the transgendered there was another thought that uh, that came this way that maybe the man of perdition could be a uh, appear as a female. But I ain't buying that. Not, not that it they would be. A I ain't buying that because the Bible plainly calls him yeah. the man of sin. So that okay. dog won't hunt. I'm just saying that there's, there's so much trannies going on these days. I just you know just yeah. throw it out there. Yeah, but, but he, there. he's the man of sin, not the what it is, not the it of sin. He's the man of sin. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll stick with that then. But uh, yeah, man, this this everyone you ever thought was a woman. Is every not. type of every type of the son of perdition has been a man. There's never been a woman that's been a type of the son of perdition. So I'm just going to have to stick with what the book says, brother. Right. Say just one thing because we talked a little bit about frequencies, and I just want to a little bit here and there broaden our understanding of things and to some people this won't mean anything perhaps but uh, there are people who believe in the power of ESP and I did mention last night that giants apparently had the power of ESP whether they did or not I don't know I suspect they did now 
we call that some kind of like a magical power. Let me tell you why there's that there's that's ninety percent possibility that's true, brother. Just real quick, like okay. when Adam was in his glorified body before he fell, he was able to call all the animals to him yeah. and name them, and he didn't have to go and round them up with a uh, in a rodeo. When they came to him, he could probably communicate with animals, both him and Eve. Yes. So the giants had the same ability probably as well. Yes. And so this ability, apparently, they're they're being able to read electromagnetic waves. You don't have to speak them. They pick them up. Mm -hmm. So here's the... I wanted you to take one step from that. And I'm going to give it to you right now because you probably didn't take it. And those who have read about the giants at all have read that it's as if they could read our minds yep they knew what we were going to do before we did it mm-hmm. well they read their own messages to one another what would make me think or anyone think if they have that ability they couldn't read yours as well just Amen. throwing it out there and so since mind wave, my thought waves are some type of electromagnetism, some kind of frequency, we know yes. that by the EKGs and the, all the instruments we have. And like I said, all them cell towers out there, folks, is not for your iPhone, okay? How far can you drive without seeing us? I don't know how it is in Canada. But you can't drive 10 miles without seeing a cell tower down south. Yeah, they're all over. But, you know, I'm not saying that I need to fear that because they can know what I'm going to do and they they can't do anything against it if the Lord's with me. That's right. If the Lord is for me and his angels are protecting me, they could know every single thing I'm going to do and plan to destroy their kingdom, whatever God's going to use me for, and they couldn't, there'd be powerless to stop it. Greater is he that is in you, that is he that is in the world until your time's up, which you don't know, neither do I know. Whenever that time's up and God's through with you, then it's Katie barred the door. (laughs) Yeah. And I just say that because I don't want people to go away in fear, thinking, "Oh, oh right, right, is, right." You, know, you should I, not don't fear don't fear him that can just destroy the body, folks. Okay, you yeah. fear him that can destroy both body and soul in hell. That's what you fear. And so when we we talk about marks of the beast and all that, and having a chip, that's what you know the uh, the electromagnetic frequencies coming from that chip. And. and I don't. I, what I think is, it's gone way beyond having the need to chip anybody or do anything. Well, I they do too. But I, this is this is the only. But it's ca- the same I, idea. The caveat to everything that you're saying and everything that we're saying, I think, and I'm pretty. I think the scripture backs up my theology that it will have to be taken by choice. Yes. I don't believe yeah. it'll be secretly snuck in your food or anything like yeah. that. I believe yeah. you will willingly take it. But you may not know exactly what you're getting into, but you're going to love that dark side and want it. That's right. And you're then gonna when you get it, you're going to realize. You, that's right. You're going to willingly, it will be a choice is yeah. what it will be. And you're worse, you could rescind it 
That's and point, but you've can't. got enough scripture in this word of God to tell you to be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Love not the world, neither the things that are in it. You've got enough scripture that Brother Don screams at you all the time. Whether you take heed or not, you better start practicing is all i got to say. I gave you the illustration last night of somebody coming up offering you something that would take away your bills that would take away your sickness or anything, your, any, any thought of any sickness that would guarantee you that you never would get cancer, that would increase your life and give you a quality of life above anybody around you, or you'd just be part of that few. Folks, there is all kind of stuff that could be laid at your feet. Are you that strong in the scriptures, and do you love the Lord Jesus Christ enough to say no? I know while the temperature is nor as nice in your home, and your belly's full, and you're not dying of thirst, and you're hun- you're not hungry. If you are, you need to let me know when I help you out, or one of the brothers help you out if you are hungry. But I'm just telling you, under the right circumstances. What would you do if somebody laid that offer before you? Do you love the Lord enough and love his book enough and know enough about the book to say no? That goes forever swinging soul under the sound of my voice. You say, well, what about predestination? What about what about uh, saved eternal security? That still holds true because... If you're the elect, you'll say no. Because you're already predestined to say no. That don't, that dog, don't try to go down that road, because that road, that dog won't hunt. If you've wasted your life away in this world after coming to a knowledge of the truth, the onus is on you for not obeying what the scriptures say. There is no excuse. Every direction you turn, any dime store, they don't have dime stores anymore. Any, you can go to Bible, there are bookstores everywhere. You can buy, buy, find a Bible anywhere. There is no excuse. Like Paul says, thou art without excuse, O man. You're without excuse. See, it's just it just boils down to what do you love? And that's what the Lord said as well. You can't serve both God and Mammon. You'll either love one, hate the other, hate one, love the other the other. I didn't mean to get to preaching on this, but it's just a fact. And it needs to be brought to your attention all the time. Because you live in a world of deception and deceit. And you live in a world of pleasure that's presented to you. There's many, many avenues. Satan is the master of deception. He's the master of seduction. And you need to know this, and you need to have on the full armor of God all the time, and you need to militantly be against it. And another reason why... Because he has all this power. Yes. When he appears on the scene, the stage is set. Yep. Everything's perfect, right? That's right. Everything's been prepared. That's right. 
Well, the preparation time is when all the people are being led astray, being deceived, the whole world, right? Mm-hmm. When they're all de- deceived, he comes on the stage. So wh- if you think you're going to be able to discern, you're out there reading your Septuagint and your different translations of God's Word, these bastardized things, and you're out there thinking, well, you know, when I see the man of sin, then I'll know it's the time. I'll be prepared. I'll get ready. No. If you see the man of sin and you're not ready, if you haven't prepared every day and guarded your heart and mind and filled your heart with the Word of God to protect you from being deceived every single day because it's being prepared right now. Yes. The, the stage is being set. Everything's being put in place. All the people are being deceived and led astray right now, today. And at the culmination, it'll be too late then. If you think you're going to be able to change then, it's all over. If you haven't prepared now, it's not. then it's too late. Oh, another thing I wanted to bring to your attention, just in case you hadn't noticed, I'm sure it's probably crossed your mind, yeah, those of you that research, but do you know that every false god that all the false religions worship, do you know that Odin, Buddha, all those false gods, when you get down to the basic roots, what the ancients said that they saw, do you know what it was? It was a white man. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Even the blacks say that their God from the dog star was white. I just thought I'd throw that in there to give you pause. Bet you hadn't thought about that one, have you? Oh, yes. Never heard of a black angel? Nope, ain't no such animal. No such animal. <laughs> Bet they don't tell you that over there on them other programs, do they? <laughs> anyway, he's brother. Be, he's gonna be a hero. <laughs> oh yes. Right? He's gonna be a hero. And if he and for one group, if he showed up and said he's gonna get rid of all the Jews and all the people of color, you'd fall in line right behind him, wouldn't you? Some of you, even though it be the devil himself. Remember, he's an angel of light. He's beautiful. See? (laughs) No wonder you got the bunch that don't believe in the devil. No wonder you got the bunch that says there's no such thing as Satan. (laughs) Just something to think about. (laughs) Brother Chad, you can finish out. Yeah, I was just uh, I just wanted to throw in this whole deal. I don't know if you guys realize this, but because I live in Toronto, I, and I was noticing we you guys were talking in Toronto opposed to Hamilton. There's 500,000 people in the city I live in now, but in, when I was in Toronto, which is two and a half million proper, uh, seven million or six million in, in uh, metro, the uh, cell towers downtown where I was living uh, on on the building tops, it would be like 25 at a time. You know, yeah, yeah. here and then 25 over there when there's in Hamilton, not even close to that. And now there's so they're setting up something for Toronto. And now I don't know if you guys have heard about 
Alphabet, the corporation owns Google, is creating its own city within Toronto. And they signed a deal with that that little nitwit. Uh, I posted something in the link there. That little nitwit Trudeau signed a deal with a corporate, the corporate head, one of your fallen angels, with the biggest, the most wealthiest corporation outside of Apple is Alphabet. And they signed a deal with the prime minister to build this 12-acre city that's going to be a complete Google city. Basically, it reads all your thoughts and all your minds and everything. And it's going to have underground robots that deliver things. Uh, so I just thought I'd throw that one out to you because it's supposed to be the first new world, the new world order city. The first new world order city is going to be right here in Toronto. So I guess I, uh, we kind of figured out why we're going, why Marine and I are uh, on our way out. Amen to that. And why we were here in the first place to witness it See, firsthand. It's not science fiction, is it, Chad? No, it's <laughs> they have the plan. You can look at. It's, it's online. They're going to be building it. They'll start it soon. It's 12, hour, 12 acres. And, man, every time I go back to Toronto now, I'm like, where'd that building come from? They put these things up so fast, it's not even funny. This thing is going to be built within a year or two. If the Lord carries all of you that live in your sealed houses and gated complexes are going to be in a world of hurt. That's all I got to say. That article Chad quoted was on the Financial Times, so it's not one of your major fly-by-night. It, oh, it's, it's in, it's in Wired. Yeah, you can find it in, in 10 very reputable publications from Wired to Financial Times. It's it's uh, it's happening. It's Justin Trudeau, picture of him right there with that reprobate fallen angel from Alphabet. You know, smiling like a bunch of devils. I've got it written down over here to bring it to bring the topic up tonight and it looks like we're not even going to hardly get to Matthew but I'm going to bring this up anyway with our new television program I think we're going to have we're going to start the program I don't know brother Dave's pretty good on the news and brother Chad I think we'll have about a five or ten minute start with if y'all as for some of y'all to keep up with the latest news on trans transgenics and um um, stuff like that, and what's going on in the financial world for the people's benefit, the ones that don't have time to check on stuff like that. Only from rep- what you can tell to be reputable sources, okay? I think we'll yeah. start out the program every night with something like that, okay? A little 70th week news broadcast. Right. Now, Dr. Ruttman used to do that with us on Sunday mornings. He would read the most pertinent headlines in the newspaper before Sunday school, I think mm-hmm. it would be something good for us to incorporate as well. All right. Biblically based. Just pray about it and think about it, okay? Sure thing. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and finish chapter 9, and, and we might get a couple of verses in in Matthew. <laughs> All right. Uh, Revelation chapter 9, where was I about verse 7? Here, yeah. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns. Like These ain't bugs, folks. These are not bugs. <laughs> Go ahead. No. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold. And their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women. And their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, 
and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. Four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, and a day, and a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of men. And the number... Y'all think I was kidding about angels killing folks? I mean... Uh, the angel of the Lord killed 185,000 in one night of Sennacherib's troops. These are angels, plural. And they're, they're commissioned to, to, to be the leaders of this, uh, this horde, and they're going to kill a third part of the population of the earth. Go ahead, brother. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000 thousand. <laughs> That's a lot. That's buku, as they say in Louisiana. Yeah, and I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, and of jacinth, and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. They're going to unlock them apartment complexes underneath this earth in them chambers that are below our feet, and that bunch that comes out of the pit ain't going to be anything to be trifled with. See, because that's where they come from. You did catch the first part of the chapter. I'm sure you did. Yeah, the pit was open and that's the smoke right. came out, and that's, that's where right. they come from. That's right. out, of the, out of the smoke, so I'm presuming it's out of the pit because the smoke is coming from the pit. That's what it says. That's right. Mm-hmm. Continue on. But these three was the third part of men. By these three was the third part of man killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouth. For the power is in their mouth and in their tail. For their tails were like unto serpents and had heads, and with them they do hurt. <laughs> what a b- understatement. <laughs> <laughs> they do hurt. And they do hurt. <laughs> yeah, they do. Say, y'all, say, you believe all that, Brother Don? Every blessed word. Well, I don't believe it. I think it's just metaphorical and allegorical, and I don't believe it means that. That's fine. You just go right ahead. Here's the, here's you, you, you're, 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 you're screwed before you get started, okay? <laughs> to put it bluntly. Your unbelief is what's going to damn you. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. This world is powerful, folks. Scientism is very strong. Your education from a child through scientism and 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 fake education has has you 
You ought to be blessed that you're hearing all the alternative view and the truth from the Word of God instead of what has been pumped into your brain by television, radio, and all types of mass media and false teachers and false prophets. You'd rather be scared into heaven than feel good and burn forever, hadn't you? And I say that with reverence because the Bible does say fear. And fear is being scared. Not just a godly reverence. Hebrews makes that plain. The book of Hebrews. And 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and Revelation chapter 14 and many, 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 many more scriptures. Not just one pulled out of context, but a plethora of scripture in the context of the day of the Lord. Continue, Brother Chad. Mm-hmm. And after all that, and you wonder, well, why does he have to do this? Well, here's your answer. This is, even after all that, here's what you get. Revelation chapter 9, verse 20 and 21 says, And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk, Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. And they love their sin. You see, folks, it's ne- the judgment of God has never led anybody to repentance. What leads men to repentance, Brother Day? The mercy of God, the grace of God. That's right. It's the love and mercy of God that leads to repentance, not God's judgment. There's not a case in the Word of God where God's judgment caused anybody to repent. It's the mercy of God that leads to repentance. So if you think all those people that try to teach, well, this is just God trying to get everybody to repent. Ain't nobody ever, it ain't, Sodom and Gomorrah didn't repent. Nineveh didn't repent, except under the preaching of Jonah. That was under God's mercy. He didn't have to put judgment on them. They repented anyway. Even animals repented. <laughs> the preaching was so strong. Holy Spirit, God, please take this and burn it in the hearts of the listeners. Give them spiritual understanding of what's being said is the absolute truth and part of the good news that Jesus Christ is the blessed hope and he's the only cure for all these ailments and all this stuff. It's only through him that things are going to get set right. And only his coming will bring about the day of restitution of all things. Matthew 26. Brother Dave, read us a few verses in Matthew 26, and we'll go ahead and close for tonight. 
Okay. I didn't think we'd get through that as quick as I wanted to. <laughs> Never do. Matthew chapter 26, verse 1. And it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, Ye know that after two days is the feast of, Passover, of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assembled together the chief priests, and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they ah, said... there we go. They might kill him. Every All these people want to try to tell you that the Jews didn't kill G- John Hagee. The Jews didn't kill Jesus. The Romans did. The Jews didn't kill... The Bible says the Jews killed him. Okay? Right. Tells you that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. I'm not going to turn there and read it. Go read it yourself. Don't take my word for a bit of it. Go read and see what Paul said. It says the Jews killed the Lord Jesus Christ. Go ahead, Brother Dave. But they said... Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman, having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye this, the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. Wrought a good you work. Have... You give to Jesus, you wrought a good work. The more you give, the better work it is, if the motive's right. You can extrapolate this out into, into giving to the Lord, to giving to the ministry. It's all part of it. Jesus himself says, better to give than to receive. That's in Acts chapter 20. The red letters that Paul quoted, it's not anywhere else in the scripture. There's only one place you find that in the scripture, and that's in Acts 20. In red letters, Jesus says what Jesus told Paul, and it's there's nowhere else in the scripture. Better to give than to receive. Why? Because it lays up treasure in heaven for you, and you're not really giving anything. You're you're only giving back what was loaned to you. If you if you're so hypocritical that you holler about everybody else doing something that you don't do yourself, you're in a world hurt. Okay, you're in a world hurt. Now this woman that that you got Judas, he's behind all this anyway, cause he's the money. He's the he he's always caught holding the bag. That's where that saying comes from, cause G, Judas held the bag. They say, oh, he caught caught holding the bag. That comes out of the Bible. It's one of the sayings that's been used down through the millennia to represent somebody crooked. He got caught holding the bag. 
That's Judas. But Mary's done this good work because she's blessing Jesus with something that, oh, that should be a soul. That's too expensive to do. No, she went above and beyond. And she got extra special blessings for it, just like anybody else does that does the same thing, just in a different way. Buy the truth and sell it not, it says in Proverbs. Go ahead, Brother Dave. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. That's the reason I'm making a comment about it. And I did it not long ago, and I try to do it all the time. Brother Scott was a big one on this right here as well. The alabaster box. That's right. Brother Scott was a big one on this right here as well. You folks, I don't know how kindly to say this, and I don't know how to say it without saying like it implies something toward me because God knows my heart and it don't. Folks, it ain't got nothing to do. When you give to this ministry, it ain't got nothing to do with me. It's got to do with Jesus. Well, you you, you have watched too much television and seen too many charlatans and you don't even understand what blessings the Lord has. Sometime I'm, sometime I'm going to get Brother Chad to give you all a little testimony about giving and how the Lord blesses. And he could sure do it, couldn't you, Brother Chad? Yes, and uh, more than one way, brother, because once you start and you continue, and uh, God is, uh, he always fulfills his promise. Let's put it that way. Amen. That, that, yeah, absolutely. But you see, you don't believe God's promise if you don't. And it ain't got squat to do with me, folks. Don't think that I'm saying this for my own benefit. I'm not. I'm saying it for your benefit. See, you don't even believe that, do you? I don't know how many times I can keep saying it and just try and and, and and get it across, hoping that the Spirit, it makes me wonder about the Spirit of God a lot of times in some people. That's one of the greatest evidences of new birth that there is, is giving. That's just the way it is, and not to write it off on tax returns either. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep reading. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went out, went unto the chief priests, and said unto them, What will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. 
And from and that time, he isn't saw that amazing. Isn't that amazing that the creator of everything was sold out for 30 pieces of silver? Does anybody know what that amounts to in today's money? Has anybody ever extrapolated that out? I don't know. Back then, it was like the price of one one slave, wasn't it? Mm, something like that. One female slave, like not even like a, you know, like wasn't it that much, man? Doc Scott's got it out to, somewhere in some of his teachings. He's got it out to the penny, man. I remember it, but I can't remember what it was. I'd mm. say it's uh, about six hundred U.S. dollars, roughly. Something, something like that. For six hundred bucks, yeah, a little less than that. You know, for, like the, the one, for $600, the one that gave you breath was sold out. And so, and some of you, under the sound of my voice, has, has, has never gave $25. Ah. Oh, well. Go ahead, Brother Dave. And before you go on, I just wanted to point out, I thought it was a significant one, and with all these people that, that want to end and poverty, well, it says here in verse 11 that we're always going to have the poor with us. They're Amen. always going to be poor. Always. Amen. Jesus said it. You have every opportunity in the world. If you, well, I'm going to give to the poor. You Do you really? Do you really? Do you go down to the streets? Do you make a honest effort to go down to find somebody that actually needs something? Do you know any families that do? I do. I know them. I can only help if I'm helped. Because I do do it. And that ain't bragging. That's just I've always been that way. That's the way I've always done it. Ever since I ran the rescue mission in Montgomery. Of course, I was corporately funded by churches there. Plus, I gave my own money as well. We supported missionaries from a rescue mission. That's how much the bunch of uh, Africans in there, gave up their little bit of money, and they were dope addicts. But we supported three missionaries overseas. What does that say about some of you? Those examples will be brought up at the judgment seat of Christ, folks. You can rest assured. There's millions of examples of that kind of stuff everywhere. The Lord won't have any trouble pulling it up and showing it. Go ahead, Dave. Just a heads up, brother. We're pushing on to 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. We'll shut her down. We'll shut her down. Brother Chad, dismiss us in a word of prayer. Yes, Father in Heaven, we thank you so much for the uh, teaching tonight, Lord. We hope that uh, you, uh, we pray that you edify those on the other ends that need it, Lord. Deal with them individually. Yes, Father. Uh, we see that, uh, you know, since we got into it, um, three, four, five people just left right away, Lord. So <laughs> you know who they are. You hunt them down and you uh, convict them, Lord. I'm sure they already are. Uh, but we thank you for your precious word and uh, keeping us in the AV 1611 where yes, we belong, Father. Lord, where you yes, have Lord. authorized it. For where there is a king, there is power, Lord. And, yes, Father. And your precious son is our king, and we serve him, Lord. And, uh, you know, uh, we thank you for, for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear, Lord, that we not be blinded in these times and that we keep our nose to the book, Lord, our eyes Amen. to the book. we got to live in that book, Lord. I'll tell you, 
from personal for myself personally, Lord, there's nothing that, there's nowhere else I could live right now. You know, uh, my life's been changed by your word, Lord. And, uh, you know, your promises, you, your word established in heaven, Lord, it's more sure than anything here on earth. Anything you've ever created is mu- much more sure for heaven and earth will pass away, but your words will, will last forever. Amen. And, uh, you know, and, and so will we, you know, and, and everyone under the sound of my voice will last forever. It's just a matter of where they wake up when they take their last breath, Lord. And we're so thankful that we are redeemed by your precious blood of your son that you sent our Lord Jesus Christ here to bleed it out for us and to take your wrath, Father, on him that we rightfully deserve because we're wicked and we deserve that fire. Yes. But yes, you've, you've saved us by your grace through our faith, Lord, and we ask you to help us in our faith. Help us to faith, Lord. Help us to do that thing, those things that, that you require that you said, if you love me, you keep my words. Yes. I'm pretty sure that's in the book there, Lord. And, um, you know, that's, if you said that and you did, because I know you did, then uh, that's what I want to do, Lord. So uh, give me the strength. Increase my knowledge. Help my understanding and grant me the wisdom that I need so that I might be able to, to fulfill your commandments, Lord, and everyone under the sound of my voice, that they have the same, that they be committed and convicted of your purpose because you bought us with your blood, and you became sin for us, and you never knew any sin. And uh, we thank you so much for your precious blood, Jesus, and uh, that you go with all the assembly tonight and all those that, that we don't know that are in the body, that are in the bride, and the whosoever wills that are coming to you, Lord. If there be anyone out there that need our help or need this type of teaching, if you could bring them this way, Lord, bring them. Make them faithful servants yes. to you, Lord, yes, Father. for your purpose and your purpose only. For we have no purpose except for you, our precious Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Amen, amen, Brother Dave. Contact information for Don Spears Ministries. Telephone number is 334-397-2333. The email address for Pastor Don is respecttothelord at yahoo.com. And please go to PayPal, and when you open an account, you can make an offering to this ministry, to Don Spears, to Jesus Christ, by entering respect to the Lord at yahoo.com, and you'll see Don Spears pop up, and you can make your offering. Mailing address is 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1. Clyle, Alabama, zip code 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good job, Brother Dave, Brother brother Chad, good job. Thank you, Brother Kevin, for staying up and and uh, going this long. I didn't mean for it to go this long, but that's the way the snow blows sometimes. God bless each and every one of you, and may God's grace go with each and every one of you every step of the way this week, and his blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night, everyone. Amen. Good night. Amen. Good night. God bless.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.